Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Interview with Denise and Una from Mind Moments. Well-being is a bit of a buzzword in education and like it or loathe it, it's going to be part of the 2026 curriculum. Well, I had the opportunity to speak to two people who have developed a programme called Mind Moments, um, a programme for well-being in primary schools where, with very, very easy and quick ways to introduce the concept of well-being into a classroom. Whatever your own feelings might be on well-being, I hope you enjoy this interview with Denise and Una as much as I enjoyed it too. They give loads and loads of information and it may be helpful for you in your classroom. So without further ado, let's sit back and enjoy the interview. Hello, hello. You are welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education. This is Simon Lewis. This is a weekly podcast where I take an aspect of the primary education system and I talk about what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. I'm very lucky to sometimes be joined by very interesting people. And this week is no exception. I'm joined by Denise Enright and Una Ryan, who are the co-founders of Remind Ed. And we're going to be talking about all things well-being today. And um, I'm really Really looking forward to learning a lot more about uh, what um, Denise and Una do and uh, maybe a little bit about um, well-being in education while we're at it. Uh, you're very welcome, uh, Denise and Una, and thanks so much uh, for joining me. Thanks, Simon. Thank you, Simon. Um, I, I guess with these um, things, I always find I, I'm a principal by day. Uh, and when I ask the first question, I always feel I'm in a job interview situation. It's the, the very first question, the tell me about yourself question. But <laughs> I'd love to know a little bit about uh, you both, about how you, uh, about your careers. And um, and then we might talk about Reminded after that. So Denise, you might start us off maybe telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, well, my name is Denise. Uh, I live in County Kerry with my husband and my two young children. And I'm a child and adolescent psychotherapist and play therapist. So I currently work in private practice and within Peter House. Um, I was also a primary teacher in mainstream and special ed for 10 years, both here and in the UK. Um, so after qualifying as a play therapist in 2012, I moved to London for four years. And there, as well as teaching part time, um, I was a manager in a school based counselling service called Place to Be. And it was there I saw firsthand what it was like to embed well-being and counselling service, services into a school and see how well it could support the pupils and the teachers. Um, in 2016, I moved back to Ireland to complete my master's. And in 2017, after my daughter was born, I made the decision to leave, leave teaching completely and focus on my career in psychotherapy. Great stuff. Oh, that's, Great. And that's what you've been doing since. Um, that's fantastic. what I've been doing since. Yeah. Uh, very good. And I believe uh, you are you were taught by our Minister for Education. Is that correct? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah. She taught me for most of my secondary school years, actually. And um, I have to say, I she really genuinely was one of my favorite teachers. She was a great teacher. It's English. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I've heard that a lot uh, from, from former students. It's kind of funny. Um, Ireland's such a small country that, yes. you know. <laughs> Somebody becomes a something and you're like, I oh, you know, I remember her. Yes. She was my teacher. She was my piano teacher. She was my something or other. Uh, but yes. I've heard loads that she was a brilliant English teacher. Uh, and 
and um, I, I think we were talking before about a, a, a poet that we're that I think she's a friend of yours, Victoria Canafic. Um, yes, daughter her daughter's in, in my class. Yeah, yeah or in my daughter's class. It's a, yeah, Victoria's that's it, great. A, yeah. a mutual acquaintance. Yeah. Uh, Ireland being the country that it is, uh, being so small. But we might uh, yeah. move on uh, to uh, see how I'm related to Una Ryan somehow in some weird kind of way. But Una, tell us about yourself. Well, Simon, um, thanks for having us here today. Um, yeah, so I'm from living in Cashel, County Tipperary, and I'm married to Sean, and we have two little boys. And um, I'm a primary teacher by profession. So I've been teaching for the past 15 years. Um, I met Denise um, in Mary Eye in our undergrad days. And I started out teaching in a single class setting and then moved to a multi-class. And I've taught all the different ages, started in the middle classes and then moved to the junior end of the school. And it was mm-hmm. during my years as an infant teacher that I went back to Mary Immaculate to do a master's in education. And um, had a huge interest in teaching children kind of using play-based methodologies. And that's where I kind of focused my research for my master's. And then after that, I moved to senior classes and then became a mother. So I worked part-time for the last couple of years. And Mm -hmm. that's where really my, I suppose, my perspective has always been, you know, I've had a huge interest in the mind and in well-being. But becoming a mother gave me a huge kind of perspective change into childhood well-being and really pr- promoting that within the school. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I, I'm a, a dad myself and I remember before we had um, we had our son and um, with such a different perspective on everything. And, you know, people, you know, you get that cliche of oh, parenthood totally changes you. And I know, and, and everything, everything, and I, I, I instantly thought back of all the things I used to say, um, uh, um, you know, generally about sleep, um, a lot of the time, or tiredness, and, and not knowing what tired. But apart from that, just general attitudes to various things. It's it's so funny, um, you know. But um, it's an eye opener, yeah. A lot, a lot of people uh, go th- go through exactly that eye opening experience, and it's. Mm. Yeah, it's it's funny, um, but uh, anyway, that 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 is uh, an interesting uh, outlook. So, I mean, I, let's let's go on to talk about well-being, uh, and I might start with you, Una. Um, what sparked your interest in well-being? I suppose um, I've always had a huge interest in well-being, and as I said, becoming a mother really gave me a huge perspective change, and just being aware of all the different elements that you know come together to comprise our well-being and our, you know, being well and keeping well and feeling good in ourselves. And just, I suppose, trying to bring that to be part of the daily habit within the school and within the school environment and within the classroom. Um, And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding within the education system at times with regards to well-being. You know, Hmm. people sometimes don't really have a clear definition of it or they think it's a little bit airy-fairy or and then there's all the different perspectives as well so um for me I really wanted something that was very tangible and doable and Mm. um that's where the the passion developed in trying to create something you know we co-founded Reminded trying to create something that made it a very easy doable tangible thing for teachers to use on a daily basis yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that that that's that's really interesting because I I I have to admit sometimes I struggle with 
what am I supposed to do when I hear the word well-being? I have to say, I and I think many principals might 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 relate to this. When they hear the word well-being, they hear, well, that's 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 my well-being gone, um, because <laughs> because yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, I, and and we'll talk about that a little later on. Um, but you know, and there are so many branches of well-being. I mean, everything from you know the the idea of growth mindset to you know looking after one's hands, and people have very different opinions on 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 you know different aspects of well-being and so I'll be really interested in hearing your thoughts and um, maybe Denise we might move on to you as well just around um I, I suppose I'll ask a slightly different question in the same way but the last few years I think you know it's fair to say that well-being has really become a thing in, in education yes. and yeah. why why do you think it's really become so important now to uh, that well-being is part of um school um I think there's just well-being has slowly been gaining more public awareness like I mean I remember when I even started studying clay therapy um which was just over a decade ago so many people Mm -hmm. myself included didn't even know what that was and there was certainly little speak of well-being in schools at least explicitly you know Mm -hmm. it was um that's something that has changed so much in recent years as you both know um I like I think there's just more information and more supports out there now it's more spoken about and it's more expected, I suppose. Um, but like you were saying there, there's just there's so many avenues to well-being. There's such a spectrum of different needs. In So in all fairness, well-being in schools is actually a mammoth ta- task. So I can see why as a principal, when you hear well-being, you feel your own well-being has gone out the window because <laughs> it's like where to start with it, you know. So it's it's a big thing at the moment, but it's such a big thing to tackle. Like where where does it begin and end, you know. But um, yeah. So and, it's great there's more information there, but it's like what to do with that then, do you know? That's... Yeah. And w- I mean, do you think schools have enough information or have any, uh, do you think we've been kind of dumped in it a little bit or would that be, would that be unfair? Um, I think schools, like I said, it is a, a huge task to take on and there's so many different avenues towards well-being and so many different needs um that I think schools are certainly doing the best that they can um Mm -hmm. dumped in it I can see why yeah I I I get the you know it does probably does it feel like another thing on the to-do list kind of a bit you know um Mm. from a school's perspective but do you know like I do hear things um like my own daughters and you know like even aspects like um the healthy eating and the the all the kind of different initiatives that are already going on in schools that kind of feed into the whole well-being. Um, they're such, uh, like my own daughter speaks of things like uh, the Daily Mile is a normal thing and yeah. the no sugar in the lunchbox. Um, like she's, you know, she's really keen on that. They're all aspects to well-being. Like, you know, they all feed into our well-being. Um, mm. And like she comes from a home where these things are covered, but because they, she hears of them in school and she's doing it with her peers. It's so impactful to her. So mm. while I know schools have enough to be doing and it's like uh, potentially just another thing on top of a very long to-do list, um, I think schools are, and these initiatives that they do are, matter so much because they are so impactful to s- just so many children, you know, across mm. like it's... Uh, um, so they're well placed to do things towards well-being, yeah. um, but it is hard for them. I, I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think schools are are, are incredibly important places for you know yeah. getting getting information out to the masses in in some yes. ways. You know, yes. and and it's it's trying to balance the um um and it's trying to balance you know how much 
can we expect of our education system to provide yes what absolutely society deems yeah. important you know whether that's you know whether whether that's well-being or whether that's you know diet or whether that's you know anything you know uh, rse all the rest of it the kind of stuff that we know isn't reaching every household but schools are the best way of funneling some of that yeah. as well mm-hmm. and i guess you know well-being is going to be on our new curriculum in 2026 uh una i might uh talk to you that as a as a i, I know you're both teachers but una yes. you're 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 st- in the game as, as such let's say and uh, what, what are you excited uh about uh well-being being part of the 2026 curriculum or apprehensive how are you I'm feeling a little bit of everything to be honest simon um i think it's a really complex one to be honest it's a uh, like in a nutshell yes i'm delighted that it's part of it but delighted with apprehension because um i think if we are to have a well-being curriculum it has to have a very clear framework very clear mm. boundary and um a structure you know because a lot of the time with well-being you know i find myself um you can be reading things and then sometimes you're thinking oh i'm failing at my well-being and that's um you know that's not what you want when you're encountering anything to do with well-being you always want to have some level of success or feel some you know positivity out of it so i think um with regards to it being part of the curriculum in 2026, teachers would need a lot of training and support. Um, as I said, you know, they're a, a model or approach to be provided to schools to, you know, every school has its own culture and its own ethos and its own mission and its own values. But um, it's to allow, to have a curriculum framework there that allows schools to still flourish as independent entities, you know, which they all are, but also mm-hmm to provide the vocabulary and um, the tools to support both the teacher and the child with the curriculum. So, um, yeah, it could be a wonderful addition to our curriculum as long as, you know, the timetable, you know, constraints are accounted for. And um, it's not all put back in the teacher and the principal's court. You know, I do think um, having a very, you know, open communication with outside services, such as the, you know, the PDST, NIPS, and all the mm-hmm. different agencies, you know, to have everybody coming together in a harmonious manner, which is very idealistic. But um, sure. when we are talking of a new curriculum, we want to look at it in an idealistic way, but also in a very realistic way. So yeah. having a, a framework there that teaches children and the teachers, you know, the appropriate language and, you know, the appropriate elements that are involved yeah. in well-being and being well, essentially. And having yeah. a clear definition, you know, around it all as well and a boundary, you know, because we at the end of the day, our teachers, we have our education in that area. We're not trained psychological professionals. Mm. You know, I think that's also important. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. And I mean, at the moment, I mean, the framework that we have, um, I think it was published in 2018. It was uh, when Jan O'Sullivan was in charge of education and it kind of. To me, I remember it coming out and it seemed very hastily put together from a mishmash of lots of other, you know, different policies and documents. And I'm not, and I, I mean, I've, I've studied it and read it and uh, tried to make head nor tail of it and all the rest of it. I, I mean, have you have you had a look at it yourselves? And Is that the one she published with um, the Minister for, with Kathleen Inch, the Minister for Mental Health at the time, possibly, Wellbeing in Schools? Yeah, the free, yeah, yeah, that, that framework yeah. document. And I think yeah. the, it's interesting, the disclaimer they had at the bottom of that, you know, that this is an evolving document and it's just a framework. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, cover, they cover themselves. Um, yeah, it just 
for me, that document really highlighted what mental health was and mental health mm-hmm. promotion within schools, but it didn't really give any clear, yeah. you know, guidelines, essentially. It just highlighted the services that are available. But um, I don't know if you want to add anything on that, Denise, but I think it, it just, it didn't, you know, as you said, it didn't provide everything that was needed. It was mm. very much going with the flow of general discourse. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Do you have it's any all, in that? It's, I suppose, well-being and all that went with that and is still going on is definitely a still a major work in progress. And uh, it's one of those things, I think it's a long road and um, there's a lot to do, but it's great that, you know, it's positive that we're we're discussing it. And, you know, that's some progress, um, but it's just the piece where, how do we work together on it so that um, it, it just ends because it is such a big thing, um, but that it, it can't be it can't be a big task um, with the onus left on the schools and the principals and the teachers to, uh, to figure it all out. You know, um, yeah. it's just giving some structure to it. Um, so that's that's the piece. It's yeah, it, it's a hard thing to do, but it's a necessary thing to do. I think. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I, I mean, there's a I, I, my interest generally, or my uh, I, if I if I could have any expertise, um, my expertise may, might be in technology and education. And part of the 2026 curriculum is there's going to be a a new kind of technology uh, subject, let's say, for want of a better area or whatever they're calling. They're they're trying very hard not to call them subjects. I notice, uh, but um, <laughs> what I'm my, my fear of of, of adding uh, technology into the curriculum is we're also not programmers or so or coders as an as a fashionable word for mm. uh, what I uh, and and this, and what we might end up doing is creating you know a, a system which actually doesn't do what it's hope what what it should set out to do uh, which would be to get people you know doing good computational thinking good logical thinking Problem all the rest of it, and instead mm. they're going to be coding by numbers and my fear is with a well-being kind of thing is that the textbook companies might come along and all yes. of a sudden you're, yeah. you're You've got that, and you've got that problem there potentially. Oh yeah, and it, it's a big that that's, that's potentially a big problem because, <laughs> um, like, I, I it's it's just the piece you know where teachers are some for some reason expected to know everything and do everything, and it's not it's not very fair. Like even like when I'm like I'm I've had a lot of years training in psychotherapy and play therapy, so like I love teaching. Um, kids and teenagers particularly um the psychoeducation piece they love learning about their brain all the work that goes into that but it's a big piece of work like it's not mm-hmm. something that you can just like you know it's not, you can't expect teachers to be able to take on all these things and then these textbooks come out and like you say like even just doing it by number or well-being is a bit trendy um, topic at the moment and mm-hmm. so there's a danger it could be done uh, not well enough, you know, not good enough. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be done perfect, you know. Uh, but it's, it's uh, teachers can't be expected to do all of these things and take on all these new areas um, when they're already doing so much. You know, it's kind of yeah. it's having regard and respect for that piece. I think. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I mean, the first time, and I this may be just me, but the first time I came across well-being in a in a structured way, let's say was um I, I don't know if you're familiar with class dojo um it's oh, it's yeah. a reward yes. startup as a rewards program for classes not i mean <laughs> I, I don't i have to say you know history might not treat it too kindly but uh, at the same time i mean it served its function uh, in mm-hmm. the days of you know punitive measures and <laughs> behavior measures and all the rest of it but uh, what i i think they saw themselves that this wasn't a great thing um you know the idea of rewarding and taking away 
points for desired behaviors from a teacher and all the rest of it. But what, what they moved into this idea of this well-being growth mindset seemed to be this very cool uh, thing. And it's received a lot of criticism as well, and it, but it, as well as accolades. And, you know, I, I was talking to somebody else, a, a lecturer in DCU, and she's she, she, she's very critical of the this growth mindset aspect of well-being uh, and so on. Is that, I mean, I, given I, I just don't know a lot about um, the area, uh, so I, I tend to listen to people and where they're at uh, in, their, in their thoughts around it. I mean, these kind of ventures, you know, from, you know, generally from America where, you know, they're talking about things like growth mindset and stuff. Are these areas we should be concerned about or are they do they all add to the whole, you know, piece uh, a piece about well-being i think they're another growth mindset is an, another avenue within well-being mm. you know there's there's many roads to well-being and many aspects um for me like like growth mindset when i think of growth mindset i think of how we all as just humans part of the human condition is our negative bias so we're all nobody no matter how young they are has to be taught how to uh speak to themselves negatively or compare themselves negatively so we're all just so good at that brilliant yeah. <laughs> but it's it's learning to reframe those thoughts and speak to ourselves more positively um that's really important and it's a really it is it absolutely is a skill to learn it's not a given that people know that you know I, like growth mindset are it's literally a language and mm. it takes um learning that and it takes practicing that and then it takes situations where you're stuck in a negative thought cycle to practice uh, reframing that and breaking out of that so it's it's really important but it's again growth mindset is thrown out there now as just a thing and it's yeah. like but there's so many layers to it again, do you know? So it's um, these things are, are much deeper than we're yeah. kind of given them, uh, you know, than we're, we're appreciating probably. That's fair enough. It's, it's like everything, I mean, everything, everything can be used for the power of good, but, you know, sometimes, you know, it can, it can be used inappropriately, yes. like, you know, like, like yes. everything. Uh, like everything, exactly. That, yeah. that, that seems fair enough. The other thing I noticed about that framework, and sorry to to, to harp on about this framework, because it, it kept me awake. You know, it didn't really keep me awake. But it, <laughs> the the one thing that kind of I suppose irked me a little bit, uh, and I'm not sure if your own thoughts on it. This idea of one good adult, um, <laughs> this this um, seems to be rooted, from what I can gather, rooted in this sort of almost supposition that teachers are generally going to be the one good adult. And I, 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 I suppose I have a slight problem with it in a way that often people who think they're a good adult because they're a teacher may not be the right adult at all. And I, I kind of, I, I, is this again something that needs to be explored before we we go down that road in the framework, or am I being very harsh? Um, and I, I accept I probably am being a bit harsh. Well, um, I, I might jump in there for a second in relation to the one good adult, adults like. At the end of the day, I think it's, you know, the OECD were the, the stagers of that, you know, fact and the government went with it. But then they they have acknowledged that, you know, a teacher can be a powerful force in, you mm. know, enhancing, you know, the school life and the protective factors essentially around children's well-being. But at the end of the day, there's, you know, no such thing as them just being the only one good adult in a child's life, you know. If you look at Bronfenbrenner's ecological theory, you know, at the end of the day, there are so many more systems at place in relation mm. to, you know, um, you know, forming, you know, and contributing to a child's 
mental, emotional, physical, you know, social, all of the different developmental aspects. So, mm. you know, I'd love to think that I'm one of the good adults in a child's life as a teacher and a yes. positive and um, a supportive force. But at the end of the day, definitely not um, the one good adult, you know, because there are so many more people, you know, and uh, children come from every different, you know, from so many mm. different environments on a daily basis and some children come from a very positive place where there's a, a positive relationship with the school mm. and the teacher and that's supported and then you have children that come from a space where there mightn't be a positive relationship between home and school because maybe their parents have had different experiences and all of these things in my opinion come together to frame an opinion and to impact on that relationship so um it's a huge you know it's a huge statement and it's um one that kind of poses a lot of thought um but also it's a powerful you know it would be a little bit um kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for you know it's a little bit presumptuous to think you're that the one you're that one good adult in a child's life um I just yeah I don't think it's the right way of yeah it essentially and I think yeah. also, would it, be a, would it be fair to say that you could be a good adult to one child in your class, but you might actually be absolutely the opposite yes. to a child yes, in your Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Because there's so many different, you know, personalities at play, at play and so many mm. different connections and all of these things come into, you know, come into focus when you're dealing with relationships. Yeah, I think yeah. the one good adult for me reminds me of the the positive impact we all actually can have. Um, mm-hmm. Like so many of our simple day to day interactions are really far more powerful than we realize. And those little moments, they're the moments that often go unnoticed or they're not written in any report or as such, you know, anything like that. But um it's I think it was Dr. Karen Treisman that said every interaction can be an intervention. Do you know, so we it's those little things um those one good adults moments that are in the school day or in any throughout the day, they matter. Um, but I don't think it's the literal sense of one good adult. That that would be massive pressure for the teacher. <laughs> it's, Ridiculous. It's really <laughs> it probably would. So I need to I need to ask you because you were very, very kind. You sent me a sample of your wonderful uh, pack, the reminded uh, cards. And um, I, I received them there. Uh, last week and had a, had a little look at them and they're gorgeous. Um, I mean, uh, unfortunately, you. podcasts are, are a terrible medium for showing things uh, visually, but you can take my word, they are beautiful looking, um, a, a beautiful looking cards, lovely size and really easy to read, very well structured to me anyway. But um, I'm speaking, yeah, let, 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 let me get you to tell me about Reminded um, and what it is um, or what they are and um, how a teacher uh, might use them in a class. So may, uh, I, if either of you want to start off. Um, well, I, well, look, given <laughs> like we both know fully the demands of the classroom. So it was really important to us to create something that was really empowering, but just a simple, ready to go resource. Um, mm. Like like I said earlier, well-being is a very broad and very deep topic with so many avenues and many layers. So there really is no one size fits all when it comes to well-being. And within a classroom, the spectrum of needs is huge. Um, and 
each day it just brings different challenges, you know. So um, in creating Mind Moments, we were taking a variety of well-being strategies and putting them into a formula um, that will certainly do no harm to anybody. Um, you know, everybody will have fun and enjoy it, including the teacher. So that was, we were thinking of all of that in creating it. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, Mind Moments is about regulation and well-being and through fun and enjoying it because then you're... Um, motivated to repeat it and then in repeating it you build the habit so you're starting to build these strategies as habits as a um, part of your daily routine we often say just like brushing your teeth we're saying like a little goes a long way but just you know do a little bit every day um, mm. and just finding some calm in the chaos um, so that was Una will have more to add on that yeah. Type, but, um, so, I mean yeah Una, you might tell us what, what what does a mind moment look like so if you were to describe um, describe a mind moment? Well, um, I suppose given that I am currently in classes of all different shapes and sizes and age ranges, I've been trying mind moments out with the children of uh, different counties over the last few while on my career break. Mm. And um, I recently did a webinar and the lady started with, we are what we repeatedly do, you know, to quote Aristotle. And what we were trying to do with our mind moments cards was, you know, have create use those four steps, those four prompts of move, play, breathe and say. And um, as Denise said, to create a habit within the classroom, a very doable and realistic and um, in a very doable and realistic manner in for five minutes every day. And then the children have those little habits and prompts of move, play, breathe and say that they can use them in a moment of stress outside of school also. And like our cards aren't just limited to the classroom. They can be used by parents at home with children. So a mind moment would start with a movement activity. So a very simple, very simplistic game. We created the cards so that they could be used where children stand up and push in their chairs in the classroom or even just pull out their chair and sit in it. They can do chair exercise maybe or, um, you know, as Denise said, there's over 100 activities within the pack. So sit, I can go through it literally or, you know, kind of give an example. Sit on the edge of your chair and grab the edges and do your little chair push-ups. There's a movement and then going from there to a big stretch and just to release all the tension and allow the body and the brain to have a little break, essentially. And then we move from there into a play based activity. And when we play, we're regulating ourselves. We're connecting with each other. We're connecting with our teacher. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's mm. smiling. Everyone's engaged. And that goes from preschool practically all the way up to like we have teachers using these in secondary school. Um, mm. I used these with a group of six class boys, 30 of them last week. And yes. they asked me repeatedly during the day, can we do another mind moment? You know, uh. so they're connecting. And like if you're having fun, the children are having fun and it's vice versa. And it breaks down so many barriers. You know, there's there's so much to be said for having a moment of play or a movement, a moment of fun through movement. And then after the play, like we have a simple activity, like Simon says, for one of the play activities. And it's amazing how much that speaks to children. They just love it. And they love being the leader in charge as well. And moving mm. from the play onto our step three, or our prompt three is breathing. And that's doing nice. a breathing exercise. And there's a lot of science behind the breathing. And like we're nice. all, we all breathe to function. But like a lot of the time, the air we have is stale. You know, we need to refresh our O2 levels in our body. And that enables that. And it allows so many other scientific, and I'm not going to get into them now, events yeah. happen within our body and then from the breathing we move into the say part and that's on our cards it's just a simple statement like 
I have one here in front of me. I have courage and confidence. And it's mm. amazing the different, you know, avenues that that can open up within a classroom for conversation. You know, it can be left as the simple statement or as a teacher within the class. And a teacher knows their class better than anyone. So they'll know where to pitch it and where how to differentiate and how to really gain on that. But a mind moment, as we said, is as much for the teacher as it is for the, the students. And on the reverse side of our cards, um, we have there, like our cards were designed by a graphic designer, illustrator, and she hand painted the watercolors on the reverse mm-hmm. side. And that's part of where the name has come from, Mind Moments, because on our reverse side of our card, there's a mind moment for the teacher or whoever has purchased them. And the one I'm looking at here is, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in daily routine. And that's a John C. Maxwell quote. And all of our quotes provide a different stimulus or a different thought or a different moment of inspiration. And that's Mm. what we're trying to do. We're trying to inspire and we're trying to create connection. And we're also just trying to give everybody a little brain break, essentially, in the middle of the mayhem that is, you know, primary (laughs) school day. And I think a lot it won't of the, disrupt the learning you know, either. It'll it enhance it. You know, it's and yeah, and it gives that break. You know, everyone's on about movement breaks or busy breaks or like the Daily Mile, but I think mm. mind moments could become another uh, the well-being version of the Daily Mile. You know, it's a mm. very simplistic, doable, and I think that's a big part of it. You know, the doable element that we're all doing good enough, and we're all you can't fail at your well-being at the end of the day. It's about be feeling good and having a positive and you know we all have days where we're not very positive but it's Mm. trying to it's the process of well becoming yes you know it's kind of it's not it's not about feeling happy and good all the time that's impossible and it's 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 just well-being like and we spoke earlier about like all of this stuff and all these frameworks and but needing a structure and I suppose what we really wanted to do was just create like this pick up and if if your brain just isn't you know in a classroom day a busy classroom day it's stressful for the teacher for everybody you can't always think the the activities we have on these cards they're not hard but they're hard to think of when you're stressed and when you're busy so you just pick up this card and use this card as a support to use the teacher and then supporting the children and simply read it and just do what it says or take it as the prompt and you might kind of think of more ideas from it Mm. um and it's laid out in that structure in um, uh, deliberately because when you start off with a big movement and you shake off the tension and you go into the play for the connection and the antidote to anxiety and all of that, then the body is actually ready for the breathing exercise and the nervous system gets the support then. And then the say is that setting the seeds of growth mindset, which we spoke about earlier, um, yeah. and, and more work can be done off that or maybe not. But, you know, so it's yeah. given a framework. It's, it sounds it sounds really great, really simple. And I think um, mm-hmm. I, I and. and you know, speaking as a teacher, uh, as as both of you are um, as well, that, you know, often you, you, you do need someone to, uh, you need something that you can just pick up and do. And there's, and there's, yes. you know, there's, I mean, I, I know we're moving away from um, in some, in some lessons where, where that's the, the, the thing to do in certain, but there are certain things that are better 
uh, for that. So, I mean, particularly things like mindfulness or for well-being, um, you know, and so someone argue, you know, this is, a, I, was, I was laughing when you were saying, it, uh, you know, if you're having a bad moment, uh, I, often the first part of call is uh, get out your handwriting books. Uh, this, this has to be uh, much better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, so um, it's 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 brilliant um, to have that structure and for it to be very similar and for the children then to know what a, a mindful moment looks like, because I think, yes. you know, yeah. we have um, I, I, I know I know um, in, in my own place when we were doing uh, a little bit of work on this um, a few, uh, uh, over the last few years, you know, often there was a, a, a particular YouTube video that everyone went to and it was a minute of breathing exercise and things like that. But I, I think uh, people complained after a while or were found uh, found you know, oh, we, we, you know, we can't be watching the same video over and over again for the night, you know, so this yeah. variety within the pack. So, I mean, how many yeah. mindful moments are there in the pack, for example? A pack has 25 cards and we, we kind of specifically went with 25 because we're not trying to, you know, prescribe this, that it has to be one card every week for the 36 mm-hmm. weeks. It's a case of there's 25 cards in the pack. Some classes will enjoy maybe card one and card five and card seven. You know, they might enjoy it. And we've numbered them. Um but basically, it's just it's it's a tool. It's an 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 aid to creating you know a whole school well being approach to well being and supporting mm-hmm. teachers in that moment where you said like you might go to the handwriting book instead of doing that. Everyone gets out of their seats and just has a complete mind moment. Essentially, they just switch just, off from everything. It just shifts the mood. Yes. kind of. And actually, Simon, that bit you said about sorry, you know the. Um, the bit about doing the breathing exercise, like, you know, <laughs> breathing exercises are fantastic and they're hugely supportive to the nervous system. But, you know, sometimes if somebody tells you calm down and breathe, it's the last thing you want to. If, you're, if your um, system is stressed enough or you're kind of worked up enough, you're not actually going to be able to just breathe just and then that fix everything. And that's yeah. why, again, like it's it, the movement part and the play part first is really important. Um, mm. And sometimes we're able just to do a deep breathing exercise straight away, but very often and not especially within the busyness of the classroom environment yeah that's that's interesting is that is that does that follow the theory just uh, sort of out of interest because i think in some multi-sensory rooms for example before you put it you know a child goes into a multi-sensory room before that happens you try to get uh, you try and do a lot of movement a lot of a lot of action a lot of activity um yeah. so that you go in in the right frame you go in a bit calmer. It's that down regulation piece because there's mm. no point trying to just, if your body is kind of worked up and your nervous system is quite, it's just buzzing and going, you're not going to be able to just step right into, cal- you know, it, if you're, there's kind of it's incrementally you kind of calming down. Yeah, it's mm. a process. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so doing, so that's that kind of doing it at the order of some sort of movement before we start doing the breathing, then before you even speak, um, you know, seems seems uh, the right routine am i am i right or am i it's a good structure but again mm-hmm. all these you see different things work at different times for different people so when it comes to yeah. well-being like when i'm working with kids and teenagers it's it's all it's it's building a toolkit and you mm-hmm. know as an adult like what might work for you today in terms of you finding your way to feel good won't work for you tomorrow but we need sure. different things to draw upon and yeah. these are just four aspects to well-being. It, mm-hmm. They're not covering everything, but they're four very solid ones. And, yeah. you know, like we said, there's many avenues to well-being and different things to different people um, yeah. at different times. Brilliant. Brilliant. I have to ask, um, I, I ask everybody who comes on here um, uh, uh, one question, and um, it is what you would do if you were the Minister for Education. So you're going to get this lovely benign dictatorship uh, for just <laughs> one day. And you're allowed to make one change to the primary education se- um, sector. 
Um, and it doesn't have to be about well-being. It can be whatever you whatever you want. And it can be as controversial or as uncontroversial as you want it to be. Uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. We might start with you, Denise. What would you do if you were the Minister for Education? Uh, well, for me, I would love if teachers had mandatory supervision hours. No, please hear me out on that because I know it sounds terrible. <laughs> but no, um, as a psychotherapist, I have to attend supervision. And this is actually meant to be a supportive and reflective space. So it ensures I have adequate perspective in my work so that I'm OK and then I'm doing OK by my clients. Um, mm-hmm. So in a supervision space, teachers in an you know, in this in my head could have their concerns, air, they could hear their concerns safely. They could hear from and learn from others. They would feel acknowledged and empowered. Um they just get to kind of, you know, when it comes to something like well-being, you could have like a child coming in and they might have had a bereavement and that teacher, you know, has a connection with that child, but doesn't know what to say. And so having a space to kind of go, not because they don't know what to do, but we all get stuck. We all have blind spots to have a space to kind of just talk that out and feel a bit more um, able, a bit more empowered going back into that classroom. Um mm. They're such, I, I just, teachers, like, I just think teachers deserve to be taken care of a bit more. They just mm. do so, such important work. And um, the reason I say mandatory is because nobody will ever do supervision voluntary. I, I love going to supervision and I know full well what the good it does for me. But if it were optional, I would I would definitely opt out at times because of yeah. busyness and different things. So, so that would be my thing. <laughs> That's, that's enough. When you said when you said mandatory supervision, first of all, yeah. I was thinking the yard duty there, and I was like, "What I the?" Know. I sounded like a terrible minister. Don't ever <laughs> lecture. No, uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And in, I, yeah. I think um, certainly, I, I, I know in, in from a principal kind of perspective, uh, our um, representative body, let's say, is the the Irish Primary Principals Network. And uh, over the last few years, they've been introducing. Kind of, I know, I know it's not quite supervision, but the mm. the idea of having a, a mentor, having coaching yes. and things like that. Yeah, which, that idea, uh, though. Yeah, yeah, but it's in and around the same idea, and and I, I I'd agree with you like that. In in some ways, you know, it, unless you're an NQT, like a newly qualified teacher, um, who would also get some level of mentoring or or at least a a teacher mm. that you can speak with or whatever. With there's once you've done your first year you're kind of on until you become like a guest until you, you become a principal you have nothing um no you know you have a helpline and you've only got six 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 yeah. calls it's like a like a jail sentence <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and like every every year every class you get into presents different needs like it, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter how much experience you have you know it there's challenges always new coming up um mm. and i and i think it's it's not about it's, it, it shouldn't be about like trying to catch teachers out or find the wrong thing no, it's, no. it's support it's just sort of support and reflection mm-hmm. to kind of to help and, them and time with the person who's you know the who the teacher would be speaking with their their colleagues or would there be a specific kind of person who who would run these supervision yeah, I- um, there would be in this my like lovely idealistic head um, no, at the moment. Um, it, there would be a, a facilitator. Um, mm-hmm. Like I know, like sometimes I do one-to-one supervision with my own supervisor, um, but often in groups, and groups is far more uh, effective anyway for learning. Because then you might have actually nothing in particular to bring on a day. Do you know, there might mm-hmm. be you might be feeling good and fine about everything, but you're still going to learn from others, or you might have something to offer. So yeah. the teachers can offer each other something. Um, um, but there would be a facilitator there to kind of, um, you know, like, I mean, there's like, we're tra- like, I'm doing a training next year in supervision. Like there's people training in super, like that just 
just gain kind of those skills like but i can i just think once there's an actual facilitator to kind of mm. manage the space um would and be i the, just think in, in the relation to it there is you know there are some education centers that run those support support networks oh yeah that's I would true. Be part of one in an infant support group and it's a great way of sharing ideas and yeah. just you know i suppose yeah. boosting yourself and it boosts your confidence too to get that affirmation from your colleagues that's yes. right, actually. You're, you're, you're very right. I completely forgot about these. Uh, they used to be called TPNs. I don't know if they're mm. called that anymore, Teach Professional Networks, uh, yeah. back in my back in the olden days when I was uh, 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 teaching. And um, they're still around, though, mm. actually. Well, Limited Education Centre has, yeah, has a regular one for uh, newly yeah. qualified. Well, not newly qualified. There is the newly qualified one as well, but there is one for infants. And I think there's a senior mm. class one now as well, because I've used them down through the years and they're really good. And it's just a lovely yeah. space for sharing ideas and... Like you said, it kind of renews your 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 kind of your zest for the the actual profession as well because it's that you know we all feed off each other's positivity and off the the as I said the affirmation that you gain and the sharing of ideas and mm. it's a positive. State. Or sometimes knowing you're not alone, you know, even if you're feeling not positive, or you're having a hard day, that you're not the mm. only one. <laughs> you know, it's like um, <laughs> exactly. I see you get to almost vent a little bit not in a uh, way to kind of facilitate complaining or what but just to let it out and to let mm-hmm. the air at it and just feel a bit lighter and and acknowledged and heard and seen mm-hmm. it's all really important and it, that all feeds into well-being so if, yeah. if we're not looking after the teacher's well-being it's very hard to expect them to look after the pupils do you know uh, so. absolutely yeah and um you know, I think I think the the research out there at the moment certainly again. I, I'm sorry to focus a bit on principles. It's just the the research I have to hand in my head is that we've that the the recent research there by the IPN on sustainability of the the job shows that primary school principals are now double the different stressors uh, of the average population in 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 terms of depress mm-hmm. depression and. All, all the other very very stressors. I can't I can't remember the, the the list of six or seven of the the, the stressors that are out there. So I mean certainly. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, mandatory supervision sounds like a definite positive, if it, you know, because we can't have... It sounds it, bad, but it's good. It, 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 sounded, it sounded bad initially, but it came out well in the end. Yeah, yeah. But definitely now you are minister for a day, you can... Uh, <laughs> and uh, tell me, you know, if you, if you were given the reins, then what would you be doing? Um, so if I was minister for education for a day and I had my magic wand to take away all the reality, I suppose, um, I would remove the waiting list that are there for the services for OT, speech and language. It's like, you know, for NIPS, you know, the burden and the amount of time that these add to admin for the teacher Mm. and for the support teachers and the principals. You know, I think the general public are completely oblivious to the amount of paperwork that all of that involves. And, you know, the time, you know, I know of different cases and it could be a two year waiting list to avail of even just an initial you know, observation or the, that initial appointment. And that's two years out of their primary system, primary mm. school years. And then that could be another year then before interventions are put in place. And you know, you're gone nearly almost a third of the way through your primary school years, the formative years where everything is so heightened and you know language acquisition and you know it just everything it just has such a negative impact on everyone's day trying to mm-hmm. navigate this system where services are just not available or as i said the waiting lists are there and trying to make that contact to basically put systems in place to support the children that we work with on a daily basis so 
Mm. For me, I think it would massively impact everybody's well-being to be able to have, you know, a certain amount of services that are, you know, that are realistic, available and, and associated and attached to each school without waiting lists. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you completely. I, I'm, I've been teaching now for uh, just a, a, around 20 years. And I remember um, when I was applying for supports back, you know, well, certainly I came from 15 years now into my principal job. And 15 years ago when I needed a service for a child, it was a phone call. Maybe a little, a little argument, but very, very rarely. But the support would come to the child in a timely manner. And now it, it, it seems there's so much more um, red tape and bureaucracy to get any little bit. And, and mm. all these arbitrary formulae um, uh, and algorithms being invented, for me, they seem to be used to um, create a kick, kicking the, I mean, the kicking the tin down the road kind of problem that, you know, a problem is no longer a problem until it's a crisis. Um, and mm. and, and I, I kind of feel um, we've actually put loads of extra people to do jobs to actually prevent the services from actually happening rather than getting all these extra people to actually directly do the, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. the intervention or the support that a child might, might, might go where we were very, we're still a very small country in my, I mean, in terms of the number of people in it. And I, it surprised me that we need all these mad algorithms and, yeah. you know, to, to decide who gets what and giving, and I find it very difficult. So one thing I've, I've spoken about in the podcast before is that um, whenever a psychologist, an psychologist comes into me or, or a Sino or someone else and says, Simon, I want to empower you. I love when they say they want to empower me. I want to empower you to, you know, to decide who has the greatest need within your school and provide those supports to them on your greatest needs. And what they're, what I feel they're really asking me is I need you to choose the children who don't get support. You know, yeah. rather than rather yeah. than the actual question they're asking, rather than, and I, I I've I've taken in the last while to saying sorry, no, I don't want to be empowered anymore. I I want you. Yeah. I these I might I'm telling you these are the children that need supports. So how do we get all of those children supports? And uh, I generally the conversation uh, you know <laughs> fizzles out uh, because yeah. that, you know. So I I totally agree with you, and I think we've created. Uh, uh, we're and we're in the middle of creating an awful system at the moment, particularly in the NCSE, where um, you know we're creating buffers all the time to stop services following children. And um, you know, I, I think that's something we really have to keep an eye on and, and, and keep championing um, for change. Okay. So I, I absolutely, you know, you both two excellent things. I, I will <laughs> give you the dictatorships. Uh, <laughs> morning <laughs> be great so just to finish off tell people uh, if where they can find out more about the um uh, about your product uh, tell, uh just remind people of where to find it what it's called how much it all is where and uh and maybe if they wanted to even maybe chat to you a little bit after uh, if they wanted to get in touch to ask you any questions and mm-hmm. um, maybe let, let me let us know um about well, I, that. Suppose, I suppose the easiest thing to do is to get a, give our website <laughs> am i right in saying that's me so we're yes, www.reminded.ie we uh reminded everybody about reminded essentially so that's kind of an easy way of remembering it and reminded is basically ryan enright mind education that's where reminded has come from uh the merger of uh the meeting of our minds essentially um right. because at the end of the day we are we're mothers you know first and foremost and Every child's well-being is at the forefront of every parent's, you know, mind, essentially. Um, so, yeah, mind moments, a, a pack of mind moments will cost you 
44.95 and they can be purchased via our website and all of our social media links are on our website we're at remind education on instagram and reminded on twitter and so forth so we're very contactable and uh, a dm an email uh sign up for our newsletter a tweet anything will get us <laughs> we are yes we're managing we'll be delighted our to hear media. from anyone <laughs> Um, oh, very good. So we are very aware. We do try and, you know, create that boundary to mind our own well-being at the end of the day, too, because, you know, you have to be aware of those things. But yes, yeah, very contactable and very open to um, engaging in conversation with anybody or, you know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to promote well-being in a very doable and realistic manner. Um, do we provide all the answers? No, but we definitely are a step in the right direction to um, just creating something very positive, uh, a burst of fun and a connection for everybody within the day, essentially, because that's what it's all about. Life is for living and being positive where we can. And we are negative at times too, don't get us wrong, but um, trying to kind of build that nice relationship with our children and the children we teach essentially too. Fantastic. And uh, thank you both so much uh, for coming to speak with me. Just for those of you who have forgotten the names, we have Una Ryan and Denise Enright from Reminded. And uh, it's uh, been absolutely brilliant chatting. I really enjoyed the conversation and uh, I hope uh, you enjoyed it too. Um, That is it for me and from uh, Denise and Una this week. uh, And uh, next week, I think we will be, I think we're coming into, I don't know when this will be going out, uh, maybe just before the new year, maybe after the new year in 2023, as we're listening. But um, if uh, it is before the new year, I wish you all a very happy uh, Christmas, if that is what you celebrate. Or And um, if it's after the new year, I wish you a happy new year. Uh, This is all the the great things about pre-recording things, isn't it? I'm looking after my well-being by uh, making sure that thank you so much uh, to both of you and uh, I uh, appreciate uh, you being on the podcast thanks so thank much you, thank you Simon thank you thank you so there you have it uh, as you heard there I recorded that before the winter break but uh, I will have to wish you a happy new year instead I hope you enjoyed the interview um, I, I found it great fun uh, really enjoyed talking to Denise and Una um, and hearing about mind moments and uh, I will leave links and so on in the uh, show notes um, so please look out for them listen that's it for me for uh, this uh, week uh, I'll be back uh, very soon with a new episode as I said uh, I'm trying to look after my own well-being um, and I can't really record these every week um, so I will be back with uh, some topic uh, possibly another interview coming up uh, I have a very exciting one planned for the next couple of months uh, so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you too alright that's it for now all the very best bye bye and thank you